right, glad you're with us. 800-941-SHAWN. You want to be a part of the program 88 days, and you are the ultimate jury. Uh, starting with a thanks, the launch, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. Um, it's, it's about what is at stake in 88 days. Thank you for launching it at number one. Uh, we appreciate it. Oh, I have great news. Amazon.com is now discounted the book 40%. Why do I say that? Because I admit that I am a, a smelly Walmart Trump supporter. I love Walmart. I love hey, Costco's. I love Kmart. Can I finish? I all love right. Kmart. I love all those big box stores. I love them all. Why? They, they have every possible thing you could ever want. I mean, it didn't bother me in my life when I bought my furniture at Walmart. I didn't care at a super Walmart. Yes, Linda. Yes. I apologize, but I just wanted to make one very special announcement, and I want to make sure we do it today, and I don't want to forget. So next week, starting next week, is when we start uh, the virtual tour that was going to be in real life, but will now be virtual. We do. And the really special part about this virtual tour with all these awesome book retailers that we've partnered with is that the books are signed by you. They are signed by you. You sign thousands of them, and everybody who attends those gets a signed book. So it's pretty cool. All right, thank you for that. But anyway, now you can finally actually walk into a bookstore if your bookstores are open. And and as I said, Amazon.com, a 40% discount. So I, yeah, I like, yeah, I love that you can save money. And by the way, don't buy mom and dad, just share your book with them. That's awesome. Because this is about winning in 88 days. This is like, we want to, it's liberty, freedom, capitalism, free markets, risk reward, energy independence, border security, national security. It's about the courts. It's about... Higher or lower taxes, more burdensome bureaucracy or less. It's all there. By the way, you want to know a preview of coming attractions? I, there is a, a, we honor Adam Schiff every time we say this, a total Schiff show all throughout the state of New York and the city of New York. I mean, this uh, article comes out on Fox Business today. Headline, New York City relocations accelerating at a substantial pace. Local movers are saying... Moving experts say they've not been able to keep peace with demand. Even as the number of confirmed coronavirus cases leveled off, that's the people are leaving. Now you got a billion dollars in NYPD cuts. You get rid of the, the prestigious street crime uh, fighting unit in New York City. The, those are the guys on the front lines protecting New York City residents. You have the dopey mayor. This horrific response from the governor, coronavirus, with, you know, sending COVID-19 patients into nursing homes and long-term care facilities. You know, that's why, you know, look, yeah, we had a hot spot in Florida. Oh, Ron DeSantis, blah, blah, blah. Ron DeSantis protected the elderly. If you look at the total number of deaths in Florida or the total number of deaths in Texas, and you look at the worst day in New York State, the total but the whole pandemic doesn't match one of the worst days in New York because of the, that because they made the decision to protect the sick, the elderly, those with compromised immune systems and underlying conditions. Anyway, uh, as according to by July 15th, Oz moving book to capacity for the remainder of the month. I mean, that's a big Apple moving company telling Fox Business that uh, the volume of moves continues to rise at a substantial rate and a drastic spike in storage compared to years prior, meaning they're emptying their apartments and they ain't coming back and they're figure out, figuring out what plan B is going to be. 
One thing this virus is going to do is it's going to dramatically shift, you know, people away. Teleworking is here. It's the future. Uh, Telemedicine is here. It's the future. Failed public schools. Guess what? You're going to have competition. You know what it is? Online learning. Tele, you know, education is going to be real. You know, parents ought to be able to bypass the failing school districts in these failing, you know, cities run by liberal Democrats for decades with a K through 12 curriculum that if followed and and uh, will will get their kids, you know, the fifteen hundred or whatever on their SATs or the thirty five on their ACTs that they ace and uh, allow their kids to go to the best colleges uh, as a result of academic excellence. That's all happening. Roadway Moving president said to Fox Business, it is the busiest summer they've ever had in their history. They uh, are insanely busy. And for the last three months, we cannot keep up with demand to accommodate movers who have left uh, New York City. They said they have recently introduced an absentee move where employees can carry out uh, a move when residents are not even there company said it's becoming one of the single most sought after services. In other words, they already moved. Can you go back to that crappy apartment I used to live in and paid a fortune for? Take all my crap out of there. I'm done. You know, look at the price of leaving California with a U-Haul van is, you know, 2,500 bucks. If you go into Texas, you want to take it from Texas to California. Yeah, you can get it for about 400 bucks, maybe less. So, you know, there's a reason that Andrew Cuomo's... At least on this front, he's not stupid. Andrew Cuomo delivers a, a devastating blow by saying, oh, please come back to New York, pretty please. I'll, I'll, I'll buy you a drink. I I'll, literally I'll, talk to people all day long who are now in the Hamptons house. All day long. Who also lived here or in their Hudson Valley house or in their Connecticut weekend house. And I say, you got to come back. When are you coming back? We'll go to dinner. I'll buy you a drink. Come over. I'll cook. They're not coming back right now. Tax the rich, tax the rich, tax the rich. We did. Now, God forbid the rich leave. The rich are leaving. Come on over, buy a drink. You know, we can go to dinner or cook you dinner. Well, if you do it, it's going to cost you hundreds of thousands of dollars. Why? Because you get the extra city tax of Comrade de Blasio. Now, so he's begging people to come back. Now he's saying it's time to reopen the schools And uh, because he understands the impact all of this is having on his state, New York City is an it's a disaster. There's nobody dumber, nobody than Comrade de Blasio and his Marxist roots on full display yesterday, pretty much telling wealthy New Yorkers, in other words, taxpayers, because the top 10 percent pay 90 percent of the taxes. uh, You know what? Those that left because of of the disaster of Corona and the handling of that, and then also uh, stayed gone because of the lawlessness and the anarchy that he wouldn't stop, and then following it up with a billion-dollar cut to the NYPD, well, he's he's taken a very different position than uh, the governor. And he goes on to say, to the point about the folks out in the Hamptons, I have to be very clear about this. We don't make decisions based on the wealthy few, he said to reporters. I was troubled to hear this concept that because wealthy people have a set of concerns about the city that we should accommodate them. We should build our policy 
and approaches around them. That's now not how it works around here anymore, he said. This is the this city is for New Yorkers. This city is for people who live here, work here, fight to make this place better and fight through this crisis. A lot of New Yorkers who are wealthy or true believers in New York City and will stand and fight with us. And some may be fair weather friends, but we must build our policies around working people. Well, he might not know what the reality is. The working people, they're taxed to death, too. And the price of uh, those expensive uh, Upper East Side apartments, uh, the working people can't afford to pay for. I have people that work for me and they start out, they living in like, the, the you know, 400 square feet sleeping where they cook with a little tiny bathroom. I mean, it's unbelievable. And that's the that that is insane. By the way, Congresswoman Ocasio-Cortez nominated for an Emmy for a Green New Deal film. You, you can't even make this stuff up. Uh, there was a meltdown by, uh, by crazy Nancy Pelosi, as the president calls her, with Judy Woodruff. Okay, she's not a conservative. You know, during an interview, see, you're a GOP advocate. You want to be an advocate for them. Listen to what the facts are. She got ticked off. She's having like her own little Joe Biden meltdown moment. The other uh, point pretty- Republicans are making is they are now showing flexibility in money for state and local governments. This is, again, a difference. Democrats want more money. Republicans want a lot less. They are saying they're willing to show flexibility. And they're also saying a lot of the money that was passed in the spring, Madam Speaker, has not even been spent yet. Well, so if you want to be an advocate for them, there. Judy, if you want to be an advocate for them, no, I'm, let's I'm, know what the facts are. I'm playing are. devil's advocate no, here no, I to ask you for your position. <laughs> Wow. Unbelievable. Everyone's melt of Joe Biden. We'll go into all the details. Had a horrible week. Um, now I've got some good news. I know it's hard to get good news these days, right? Job growth nationwide roaring back in July, despite weeks of hype by the mob and the media, Democratic Party, a coronavirus resurgence. You know what? A, I'll shut it all down again. Shut it all down. Can't shut it all down again. You're going to get hot spots. I always said it's when, not if. U.S. Uh, economy has now added a better than expected 1.8 million jobs added last month. Bureau of Labor Statistics saying today unemployment rate now down to 10.2 percent. Bureau of Labor Statistics payrolls increased 1.763 million well ahead of what Wall Street and the consensus forecast was. Um, and by the way, the gains cut the unemployment rate. From 11.1 to 10.2, hourly wage is up. The economy is providing more resilience than many people thought. The jump in payrolls uh, now in this particular report. Investors had been concerned about that a weaker reading of the private sector job creation published by ADP on Wednesday, the 21st consecutive week of 1 million plus people filing for unemployment that that might have been a softer July reading turns out not to be the case. Retail sector adds two hundred fifty eight thousand. But New York's not going to see this. You know, when Obama assumed office, the unemployment rate was, you know, it topped out at 10 percent. That's where we are now. That is like the quickest recovery ever in history it will be third quarter. I guarantee you. And we'll get those numbers before Election Day. And by the way, we need one debate before anybody casts a ballot. The president's right. 
Anyway, so the president's recovery told you this was going to happen. I told you it happened. I didn't happen, think it would happen this quickly, though. I did not. So this number is massive. And, you know, now 10 percent unemployment after, you know, eight months after Congress passed their the first part of the stimulus plan for Corona. And uh, remember, Obama, Biden, they did their own crazy new green deal, Solyndra and all this other wasteful spending, fraud and abuse. But anyway, if the current growth continues and we now putting out, we've seen now a flattening of the curve and now the decline has begun in Texas and Florida, according to all the reports I'm seeing, uh, that means you'll have the precipitous drop off if the pattern holds true like it did in other hot spots before. Uh, but it's going to be uh, an amazing comeback, and that would all be because of the president, not because of anything the Democrats have done. Uh, Biden is in full, full freakout mode over his comments yesterday about, oh, yeah, illegal immigrants, free health care, and, you know, yelling at the uh, reporter. Wait, come on, man. We ought to get T-shirts. Come on, man. Anyway, we'll, to come back, we'll give you more on that coronavirus update. Mike DeWine does not have it. It was a false positive. We have the latest on the defund and get rid of the police insanity. Uh, don't forget Hannity.com, Amazon.com for election news. Uh, Amazon.com for week one to discount the book 40% uh, is amazing. It's, it's now 40% off if you go to Amazon.com. I love that. Thank you for making it an amazing week. It'll be, bo- be in bookstores everywhere. Live free or die. America and the world on the brink. We have a lot of announcements coming in regards to this on Monday. Come on, man. Come on. Man. Come, uh, did, did, you, did you get a test for cocaine? Are you a junkie? Come on, man. You got to play this. This is now my favorite Biden. And pay close attention to the end uh, when he tries to say fitness. But please clarify specifically, have you taken a cognitive no, test? No, I haven't taken a test. Why oh, the hell man. would I take a test? Yeah. Come on, man. That's like saying you, before you got in this program, if you take a test where you're taking cocaine or not, what do you think, huh? Are, are yeah. you a junkie? What do you say to President Trump, who brags about his test and makes your mental state an issue for voters? Well, if he can't figure out the difference between an elephant and a lion, I don't know what the hell he's talking about. Did you watch that? Look, come on, man. I I, I know you're trying to goad me, but I mean, I'm so forward looking to have an opportunity to sit with the president or stand with the president in debates. There can be plenty of time. And by the way, as I joke with him, you know, I I shouldn't say it. I'm going to say something I don't I I probably Mm -hmm. shouldn't say. Anyway, Mm -hmm. I am uh, I am. Mm very willing to let the American public judge mm-hmm. my physical and mental fil- my physical as well as my mm-hmm. mental fil- fitness and uh, to mm-hmm. uh, you know to make a judgment about who I am mm-hmm come on man you get test for co- now here's a, another little problem for the ever forgetful Joe he gave a different answer just a few weeks ago listen have you been tested for some degree of cognitive decline? I've been tested and I'm constantly tested. Look, all you all I got to do is watch me and I can hardly wait to compare my cognitive capability to the cognitive capability of the man I'm running against. I can't wait. Oh, I have an idea. Before a single vote is cast, but in, in other words, uh, early voting, how about we have a debate, Joe? You can hardly wait. Well, the moment's here. And by the way, I thought you were tested, constantly tested. Of course I haven't been tested. 
More next. All right, 25 now until the top of the hour. Uh, and Amazon.com now is 40% off. Now, finally, in bookstores, if you're out and about this weekend, we have a lot of announcements coming uh, next week. But you've got now, come on, man, it all started with that and the meltdown and, you know, just the bizarre. I can hardly wait. You know, I can't wait to debate Trump. Well, you don't have to wait, Joe. Donald Trump wants to debate you now before a single vote is cast. We also put on Hannity.com our electoral information map, and that is, okay, when does early voting start? How do you register? Uh, what about absentee ballots? All of all of which are in play. I mean, all of this matters. And a lot of people don't know, and, and you know, unbelievable, um, you know, unbelievable that we can't even get information from anybody in the media mob. I mean, I'm telling you. It's we have such an information crisis, but, you know, they ignored on all of these news channels and so-called news. They're all fake news, lying conspiracy theory channels, just like the networks and just like the New York toilet paper times and company. Um, By the way, Biden now uh, finding himself uh, literally now trying to walk back his comments. I made comments about diversity in the African-American and Latino communities that I want to clarify, he wrote on Twitter. In no way did I mean to suggest the African-American community is a monolith, not by identity, not on issues at all. Throughout my career, he writes, I've witnessed the diversity of thought, background, and sentiment within the African-American community, it's this diversity that makes our workplaces, communities, and country a better place. You know what this is? It's just total spin political BS. That's all this is. This is a politician that is caught and trying to get out of trouble. I hate to say, I mean, just being honest here, we've seen this, this happen time in and time again. You know, we've gone over his atrocious record on issues involving race and they are atrocious and if donald trump had these positions and had said all the things and taken all the positions and praised the former klansman the way that joe biden did the guy that 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 was there filibustering the historic civil rights act of 64 against the voting rights act in 65 i mean if imagine if any of those positions happened to be donald j trump Imagine for just a second. By the way, the president, you know, he he went after this whole, you know, comment and controversy yesterday and and the black community lacking diversity. And what he found is uh, literally said after yesterday's statement, he said Biden is no worthy, not worthy anymore of the African-American vote. And you go through the record. It matters. It wasn't Barack and Joe that set record after record low unemployment for African-Americans, Hispanic-Americans, Asian-Americans, women in the workplace, youth unemployment, and African-American youth unemployment. They had eight years. It was Donald Trump who did all of that. They left us after eight years with 13 million more Americans on food stamps, 8 million more in poverty. When are they going to be held accountable? When's the mob ever going to tell you that story? So anyway, you know, I, I remember, it, what did t- President Trump say the last time? What have you got to lose, which is a statement in and of itself. In other words, they come every two and every four years and ask for votes. Okay, historically, greater percentage 
of the African-American community vote goes to Democrats. What have they done? Cities run by liberal Democrats for decades. They can't even provide basic law, order, safety, security, i.e. the city of Atlanta, New York City, Chicago, Seattle, Portland, Los Angeles, and San Francisco. Let's start there. I mean, it was, you know, the same Joe Biden that praised the former Klansman that that filibusters the Civil Rights Act. He also supported an anti-busing amendment by the former Klansman. You know, that's that's he who did all of this. He was worried about his children, that if integration took place, that they would grow up in a racial jungle. His words, NBC News reported on it. Lies about marching in the civil rights protest. Lies about the NAACP supporting him. He's the one with the crime bill, 93, referring to uh, inner city youth as predators. That's him. Said Bragg's, well, my state was a slave state. What the hell does that mean? I mean, it's unbelievable. It makes the comment, you know, what did he say at the time? He said, whatever. I I mean, this guy, you know, you, you ain't black. I mean, where does this all come from? You know, poor kids uh, uh, are just as smart as white kids. But guy that, you know, again, like every two and four years, they're going to put you all back in chains. Wow. Said that, too. Unbelievable. Barack Obama, I mean, you've got the first, not the second or third, no, the first, sort of mainstream African-American who is articulate and bright and clean and a nice-looking guy. I mean, that storybook man, he loves me. Come on, man. He loves the man thing. Can't can't go to a 7-Eleven or Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. I'm not joking. Unbelievable. Imagine if this was Donald J. Trump. Um, You know, I, I think the president is uh, right. Who did the crime bill? Criminal justice reform. Was that Barack and Joe or was it Donald Trump? Well, that was President Trump. Who did police reform? Now, they could have done police reform in eight years, right after Ferguson, after, after Baltimore, after Cambridge. No, they didn't do that. Donald Trump did it. Who's committed more money for the longest period of time to historically black colleges? That's Donald Trump, not Barack and not Joe. But who created opportunity zones for majority minority communities in, co- in the country? That's Donald Trump. On top of record low unemployment, record low unemployment. By the way, it was interesting to watch the the Attorney General of the United States, Bill Barr, literally got stopped his motorcade and got out of his car and at a thank you pro police rally. That's the ninety nine percent of brave men and women that serve and protect their communities and risk their lives every day. Those are the people, over 2,000 injured, 14 dead, with all the anarchy going on. Those are the ones we're watching being hit with bricks and rocks and uh, Molotov cocktails and canes and bottles and uh, hockey sticks now and and, uh, being blinded with lasers Knives, guns, all the cops attacked in New York City, 
it's it's anarchy in the these cities. You know, you you want to you want to believe the promise of liberal Democrats and the Green New Deal. Everything's free. Everything's free. Everything's free. 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 Okay, all the cities that have been run by liberal Democratic mayors for years, all the blue states run by liberal Democratic governors for years. Well, how are they doing with law and order and safety and security? Not well. That's their number one responsibility. How are those same liberal cities doing with education? They usually have the worst record uh, on the planet Earth. They're failing our kids the most. Run by liberal Democrats for decades. These things, these issues, law and order, education, they are on the ballot in 88 days. And sooner if you're voting early. Hannity.com for our election interaction map. Anyway, the attorney general saw this and um, he said, you know, you're driving in Virginia. Attorney general spots a group of people in front of a police precinct showing their support for our brave men and women. EAG tells his FBI security detail, can we make a quick U-turn? I want to jump out and thank those people. Crowd was thrilled. You, you hear the expression, you know, with the expression of support. This is awesome. One guy said as the attorney general greeted each person. Another woman said, we love you. One of the pro-police protesters can be heard complimenting the attorney general for his performance last week during the, the total shift show. The Democratic-led House Judiciary Committee clown show did a wonderful job on your testimony. As another woman chimed in, spectacular, I thought. I drew a chuckle from Barr. I mean, these are crazy times. And the mob and the media will never tell you the truth about any of this. It's sad. Now you got protesters, police clashing again outside Portland Precinct. The mayor there saying, please stop, please stop. This is hurting... This is hurting Joe's re-election, Joe's election chances. Like, wow. Justice Department send federal agents to St. Louis and Memphis. DHS chief detailing the attacks by rioters on law enforcement in Portland with sledgehammers and IEDs now are being used. And he said these attacks on law enforcement in Portland are ongoing. Says they saw rioters bring sophisticated weapons in Portland. Portland police described front lines of the violent protest gone on now for what? Nearly two months as this idiot Portland mayor uh, and the police chief, you're attempting to commit murder. You think seriously? President keeps begging them for help. Governor Kemp in Georgia signed a new law to protect police and other first responders. Portland now records the deadliest month in nearly 30 in 30 years. Are you surprised? I'm not. Oregon Democrat wants to replace cops by using unarmed teams like uh, funded via Medicaid hike. Okay, that's dumb. Milwaukee police chief demoted over tear gas use. He should sue because that was he was trained to use that to disperse crowds like every other police department. Portland mayor condemns the rioters for attempting to commit murder. Oh, a little late two months later. Rioters vandalized, set fire at a Portland Police Association uh, office. Yeah, great job, mayor. You're doing great. All you liberal governors, you're doing great, too. Guess what? Now you're chasing your citizens the hell out of your cities and your states. And if you're one of those people that are smart enough to get the hell out of there, don't bring your liberal policies with you.
and destroy the red state that you're going to end up in that's safer and has a better economy and lower taxes and less burdensome regulation. Biden flip-flopped again, this time on defunding the police. I don't want to defund the police. I want to get police more money. Huh? Okay. We change every hour of every day. Maybe he doesn't remember what he said the last hour. I don't know. It's pretty pathetic, though. By the way, the president is uh, DHS. The border wall is continuing. 265 new miles of wall built. They expect well over 400 miles by Election Day. It's a lot of new miles of wall, and he didn't get any help from anybody in Congress on the Democratic side, even though they supported it in the second term of uh, uh, Obama and Biden. The president announced he will sign executive orders to accelerate the economic recovery. And he went on to say that when asked about the executive orders, well, that means basically I'm not waiting for Nancy and Chuck and their insane demands for everything other than help for uh, people that still need help as a result of coronavirus. I, I'm, I'm just going to tell you, this is, you know, by the way, Newt Gingrich had some advice for the president. My opponent won't rule out raising taxes, but I will. I think Trump's, I think it's a great position, especially with the new information on the economy. The recovery is happening more quickly than I imagined it could happen. Good news for America. Good news for the country. Final stage uh, trials uh, as it relates to a vaccine for coronavirus. By the way, Governor DeWine, Ohio, had reportedly tested positive. Yeah, it was a false positive. So we'll see what happens there. The president has uh, doubled down on the, uh, what he's going to do with these executive orders because the Democrats, they're playing politics as always. Upon departing the Oval Office, I noticed my staff continue to work. Payroll tax cut, eviction protections, unemployment extension, student loan repayment options. That's because they don't care, the Democrats. They're playing politics. That's what they always do. That's who they are. That defines them. GOP senators, you know, okay, good. For those that need unemployment, as long as the economy's coming back, look at these numbers today. They're amazing. And thank God. Thank God. So that's that's pretty darn good. We can we can have some good news for once. Uh, final stage trial testing for vaccines. Who would have ever thunk it? Just in eight short months from the first identified case on January 21st. Travel ban January 31st. All right, as we roll along, Sean Hannity Show. All right, loaded up. John Lott at the Leo Terrell, Sergeant Demetric Penny. We're also going to keep him for the hour. We're going to have a long discussion about all the issues we're now facing and the anarchy in the cities and how to be safe. And uh, we're going to let you call in and ask three of them questions. Uh, by the way, I'll be on the great one uh, show on Saturday night uh, on the Fox News channel. Uh, Maria Baratoromo, I'm going to be on Sunday night. Uh, Amazon.com now 40% off a live free or die America and the world on the brink. I'm excited that they discounted it. It's in bookstores everywhere around the weekend. Got to take a break. We'll come back. And then later also David Limbaugh, author uh, and columnist, will join us as well. Sean's new book, Live Free or Die, is now available. Feel free to grab your copy in stores and online everywhere. Live Free or Die. All right, Hour 2, Sean Hannity Show. Thanks, Scott Shannon. 800-941-SEAN. You want to be a part of the program? Thank you for an amazing launch week. Uh, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. I believe all of that is true. 
And there's a lot on the ballot as we've been going through our lists all week long. Uh, and it is the biggest tipping point election we'll probably ever see. I've never seen a, such radicalism adopted by a major political party as Joe Biden partnered with Bolshevik Bernie and Bozo and Pelosi and Schumer and pledging trillions to this Green New Deal madness. It's nuts. Anyway, all the details on Hannity.com. By the way, finally, the book is actually in real bookstores. Uh, if hopefully your bookstores are open where you, where you happen to live this weekend if you're out and about. Um, anyway, so we have um, a lot to discuss this this hour, among which is this lawsuit with just 89 days yesterday to go, bef- you know, to go against the NRA. And the NRA, I can only imagine, was pl- ready to spend millions and millions of dollars because of their advocacy of the president who stands strong. They said the strongest president ever as it relates to the Second Amendment. The only president, by the way, that ever went to a right to life rally. Not one other president had ever gone to one. And that we've never had a better president better to the state of Israel or religious freedom than Donald J. Trump. Anyway, so it comes out of nowhere. And I'm thinking at a time when you're in the middle of a pandemic. And by the way, I've got to imagine that there's going to be a lot of lawsuits filed based on the executive order of the governor of New York to send COVID-19 patients into nursing homes and into long-term care facilities. We'll see. Uh, And, of course, we have all the violence in New York, and the streets aren't safe, and police are being attacked, and a one-year-old child killed in a stroller outside a park in in Brooklyn, New York. Uh, I would think those might be the priority. Um, So the timing of this lawsuit... uh, by the attorney general of the state of New York is somewhat dubious to me. I want to play that. And then I want to play, of course, we know Joe Biden is for defunding the police. He said so. Well, reallocating. Let me get the terms correct. And uh, or reappropriating. And also that he's the guy that called the police saying they've now be- become the enemy. Um, and he picked as, you know, what are you supposed to do if your police, like in Seattle, the police chief is saying, well, we're not going to be there because the We've been literally, you know, we've had handcuffs put on us and we can't even use the traditional tools to disperse rioting crowds. Uh, So I'm not going to put my officers in harm's way. And if you're a resident or a business owner, you're you're pretty much on your own because that's what happened. Anyway, so what do you do? Well, many there's been gun buying at a record pace around this country since all the unrest started. And then, of course, Joe Biden bragging yesterday. Yeah, he is going to come and take your AK-47. He already pledged that with his relationship with his gun czar, Beto Bozo O'Rourke. Hell yes, he said in that debate, I'm coming to get your guns. Anyway, let's play first the attorney general of New York, uh, and then we'll play Biden and Bozo. Improper expense documentation, improper wage reporting, improper income tax withholding, failure to make required excise tax reporting and payments. Payments in excess of reasonable compensation to disqualified persons and waste of NRA assets, amongst other offenses. For these years of fraud and misconduct, we are seeking an order to dissolve the NRA in its entirety, to require Mr. LaPierre, Mr. Phillips, Mr. Powell and Mr. Frazier to make full restitution for funds they unlawfully profited and salaries they earned while employees, uh, while they earned while employees and pay penalties. To remove Mr. LaPierre and Mr. Frazier from the NRA's leadership 
and to ensure none of the four, four individual defendants can ever again serve on the board of a charity in New York State. It's clear that the NRA has been failing to carry out its stated mission for many, many years, and instead has operated as a breeding ground for greed, abuse, and brazen illegality. Hell yes, we're going to take your AR-15, your AK-47. I'm going to guarantee you this is not last year's seat of this guy. You're going to take care of the gun problem with me. All right, there it is. His guns are uh, joining us now. Uh, we're going to keep him for the hour so we can get deep into this discussion. Uh, John Lott, president, Crime Prevention Research Center, author of the new book, Gun Control Myths, uh, which was released in the early July at the Leo Terrell a civil rights attorney. Uh, this is 2.0, Leo Terrell. And uh, Demetric Penny is with us. Uh, thank you all for being with us. Um, thank you. Well, let me start with you, John Lott. We've it's been a while since we've had you on, but this will now be like everything else, the, every other position Biden is taking. The most anti-Second Amendment president ever in history, if he's ever elected. Look, I agree with what you said earlier, that this so many things are on the ballot this year, and I've never seen such an important election to determining whether or not people are going to be able to own privately owned guns in the future. I mean, just look at the courts. People talk about uh, the number of judges that Trump has confirmed, and he's had 200 judges on the federal courts, but he's just been able to bring the federal courts into rough balance. The Democrats control the circuit courts for 24 states in the District of Columbia, which is considered the second most important uh, court. The Republicans control it for 26. But the thing is, the states that the Democrats control the circuit courts for, they control a lot of those state governments, and they're passing one crazy gun control law after another. And if you're going to want to have any hope of having California's gun control laws or New York's restrained in any way, you're going to have to have Trump be there for another four years to hopefully begin to be, you know, get those courts under control. Because right now, the circuit courts there are approving all the gun control laws, no matter how restrictive they are for people living in those states. You know, Leo Terrell, um, I had Comrade de Blasio on my show once, and I won't play it again now. I played it a number of times. And he comes into my studio. He has four armed New York City police officers. Uh, he's now cut the budget by a billion dollars and got rid of the, the, the street crime task force, which was the most effective in terms of stopping crime on the streets of New York City. And so I ask you, you know, you see this this rush to get firearms. You hear Joe Biden say he's going to get rid of them. You hear Beto O'Rourke, hell yeah, we're coming for your guns. How do people then protect themselves? They're not going to have police departments. Seattle police chief saying, nope, not going to be there. What, what do people do? I mean, how do you... How do you pursue happiness if you're not safe? How do you protect yourself? You can't. And Sean, even when I was Leo Terrell 1.0, I was a very strong Second Amendment. I am, I believe in the Second Amendment, the right to bear arms. So this is something that is very, very important. When you talk about democratic cities, you know, taking, the, taking guns away from law-abiding citizens in these cities that are game-plagued and the democratic right. leaders are turning their backs on, on these democratic cities as far as law and order, I'm telling you, this is an assault on the Second Amendment. That attorney general, no question this is politically motivated when she talks about the years of corruption. The years of corruption is when the NRA has been fighting to maintain Second Amendment rights 
for every American. It really seems to me that the Democrats are trying to take away an issue from the NRA, i.e. just help Trump. They are now trying to distract. But the key issue is this. The Second Amendment is the only wedge to protect law-abiding citizens from the criminals. You know, it's, it's a little bit scary. Sergeant uh, Penny, I know you're running for the Congressional District number 30 in Texas. Uh, I got to tell you, you're you're out there. You've been 21 years as a police officer. Uh, how I know how I protect myself. I'm, I'm not depending on anybody. A phone call by the time the phone call gets there, even if it's the quickest response time in history, it may all be over by the time the cops get here. Absolutely. Absolutely. That's why we want to encourage our, our, our residents to continue to buy to purchase their gun. And look, the NRA has been around for 153 years. We can't forget that. And I've been a longtime member of the NRA, so I'm going to be Me the too. Lifetime. But, but what I will tell you is they couldn't get the gun by going through a formal uh, uh, amendment procedure to, to, to revise the, the uh, Constitution. They couldn't do it that way. So instead, they're going to try to use this legal process. So this, this uh, New York Attorney General, Lakeisha James, she's been a longtime Democrat. She's a Democrat, so we know during the election cycle she's going to use every a political will that she has to go after the, the Republican institutions or to go after Republican candidates. Look, that hurts candidates. Well, I got to tell you, I don't know anything about the NRA's finances. I don't know any, I don't know a single thing about it. Yeah. And by the way, you said you encourage citizens in, in where you are to get their own firearm. I, I would I also add to that, whatever firearm you want to get, and I've been a marksman, and a pistol marksman, and not a rifle marksman, since I was, you know, 11 years old, 10, 11 years old, when I started taking lessons. My mom was a prison guard. There were, there were guns in the house, and they didn't have the fingerprint safes that open today. So they wanted to make sure their incorrigible 10-year-old adventurous son didn't take that gun and do something stupid. Uh, so they taught right. me gun safety and brought me to the range again and again and again. And I, I was, I was taught in gun safety from day one. So I'd urge people to get proper training with whatever they get. Um, Absolutely. And and that's, I mean, the time to learn how to use a gun is not when something happens. Oh, I just bought this gun. How does it work? Absolutely. You know, Sean, I've been look, I've been I've been police officers for twenty years here in Dallas. Since I've been in this apartment, my babies, were, my kids are young adults now, but they were kids this whole time. I've had a gun in every room in this house, and my kids never even, never even thought of messing with my guns. I would even take them to the range so they could understand how to use guns just in case they had to. So, look, with this nonsense going on, I want to be the first person to say right here, right now, I want to encourage the NRA to pick up their, their bags and move here to, to the state of Texas. We love them. And, John, and Sean, can I point out one other thing? You mentioned de Blasio with his security detail. In L.A., they try to defund the LAPD. And guess what? It was exposed that the council president, she had a police detail 24-7 until it was in the news that then she had to get rid of it. So these Democrats talk one way, but they live another way. They love security. They love Absolutely. the police department. Well, one sure. last point. 80% in the most recent Gallup poll of black support more police. So, I mean, it's a, it's, it's a, it's a disconnect between the Democratic leadership Antifa, Black Lives Matter, and law and order body Democrats. In Minneapolis, where the city council voted unanimously to defund the police department, whatever that's going to mean, the city council is also spending $7,000 per week per city council member to have private armed Private security. security. What a joke, right? Yeah. <laughs> Crazy. All right, stay right there. We'll come back. More with uh, John Lott. At the Leo Terrell Twitter, uh, Demetric Penny running for the Congressional District 30. 
Uh, don't. Oh, I meant to tell you, Amazon today, 40% discount on Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. Although Leo gets a free copy because Leo's now mentioned it so many times on the air. Makes me seem like a, ch- a cheapskate friend. I'm not. Um, but uh, it's all, it's in the mail, Leo. We're sending it. Just give Linda your address. All right. I want you to all save money. That's why I like the fact that Hannity.com, Amazon.com, 40% off. I'm really happy about that. I, I'm, I'm a smelly Trump voting Walmart shopper. Proud one. All right. We're going to keep them for the full hour. John Lott, Leo Terrell, uh, Sergeant Dimitri uh, Penny with us. Uh, we're also going to bring in your calls for them in the next half hour, 800-941-SEAN, if you want to be a part of the program. I uh, want to remind you that, look, early voting is starting in just a couple of weeks in some states. If you need to find when do you need to register to vote? Where do you register to vote in your state? Who's your congressional candidate? What about early voting? Uh, when does that start in your state? How do you do absentee uh, voting and, and ballots? All that information on Hannity.com, an interactive map. It's just an information map. That's all it is to make you feel better and make you understand more uh, about this, you know, messed up electoral process, sadly, that we have. Uh, Short segment here. John Lott, you know, you know, study guns more than anybody. and You come under fire because, you you know, your first big hit was more guns, less crime. How is that true? Well, you know... Anybody who's read my academic work know that I think police are extremely important. I think they're the single most important factor. But as has just been talked about, police themselves understand even in normal times, they virtually always arrive on the crime scene after the crimes occurred. The question, what should people do when they're having to confront a criminal by themselves? And it's not rocket science. Just as you can make it riskier for criminals to commit crimes with higher arrest rates or higher conviction rates, and that deters criminals, You can also make it riskier for criminals to commit crime by letting victims defend themselves. I'll give you a simple fact here. Every place in the world that's banned either all guns or all handguns has seen murder rates go up. You would think out of randomness, you'd get one time where they banned guns and murder rates went down or at least stayed the same. And there's a simple reason for this, and that is when you ban guns, it's the most law-abiding good citizens who obey the rules and turn in their guns. And to the extent that you disarm law-abiding citizens relative to criminals, you actually make it easier for criminals to go and commit crimes. And the thing is, if my research convinces me of anything, it's basically the most vulnerable people in society who benefit the most from owning guns. People who are relatively weaker physically, women and the elderly. Oh, listen, there's no, they have no means to defend themselves. But listen, the good news is I'm not rushing you. Stay right there. John Lott at the Leo Terrell Twitter. Sergeant Penny uh, running for the Congressional District 30 in uh, Dallas. Uh, 40% off on Live Free or Die, which is pretty amazing on week one. Very happy about that. Uh, Hannity.com, Amazon.com, bookstores everywhere if you're out and about this weekend. Quick break. We'll come back. Your calls for our guest, 800-941-SEAN, next. All right, 25 to the top of the hour. Uh, very happy Amazon.com, by the way. Uh, for launch week, this is huge. They have a 40% discount today, which I was shocked about. Very happy, though. Uh, bookstores everywhere if you're out and about this weekend. And uh, we have an announcement on Monday about a, a bunch of fun things that we're doing that hopefully you'll want to be a part of. Um, anyway, uh, so we'll continue with our guest, John Lott, uh, Le- at the Leo Terrell and Sergeant uh, Dimitri Penny uh, with us. Uh, now running for the 30th Congressional District, 21 years on the job in Dallas. Uh, let's go back to Joe Biden and, of course, the police 
become the enemy. And Lauren Bobart, uh, who confronted Bozo, uh, hell no, you're not taking our guns after Bozo said, hell yes, we're coming to get, take your guns. Listen. Uh, surplus military equipment for law enforcement. They don't need that. The last thing you need is an up-armored Humvee coming into a neighborhood. It's like the military invading. They don't know anybody. They become the enemy. They're supposed to be protecting these people. So my generic point is that... Do we agree that we can redirect some of the funding? Yes, uh, absolutely. One of the things that we also need to be doing is fundamentally changing the way, and I've been pushing it for years, changing the way we deal with our prison system. I am here to say hell no, you're not. I have four children, I'm five foot zero, 100 pounds, cannot really defend myself with a fist. I want to know how you're going to legislate that because a criminal by defense breaks the law. So all you're going to do is restrict law-abiding citizens like myself. Uh, wow, she's now running for uh, Congress in, in Colorado. Uh, let me go back to at the Leo Terrell. Now, we're going to take your calls this segment as well for the for our guest. Uh, Leo, you wanted to respond to that. Yeah. You know, you know, it's amazing, Sean. I've, you know, I'm a political nut. I love politics. And Joe Biden used to get tremendous police support from the police union. He's gone so far left. Guess who's getting all the police support? Donald Trump. Police union. Right. And I'm listening to this tape, and I'm saying this guy is not even in control. The extremists have taken over his entire policy because they have they're basically attacking police officers. It's just shocking to hear this. Bernie Sanders and Tifa Black Lives Matter has hijacked the Democratic Party and Joe Biden no longer is a friend of police. It's amazing. Uh, all right. Let me get some calls in here because a lot of you uh, have a lot of questions. And uh, for our guest, let's uh, first start with uh, oh, Tim in Ohio. Oh, Tim, we're going to be paying close attention to the Buckeye State in 88 days. Glad you're with us. You're on with John, Leo, and Dimitrik. Thanks for calling. Hey, Sean. Uh, enjoy your program. Leo, welcome to the welcome to the fight. Um, you know, with all this gun control stuff going on in the NRA and stuff, I was just wondering, you know, I'm hoping you could get me a list of all those social workers that are just jumping out and volunteer to fill in the gaps <laughs> of the police won't go or afraid to go. <laughs> right. But, you know, it's interesting you bring that up because in the same interview that you just played a clip from, Sean, uh, there was another discussion where the journalist there was saying, talking about the Atlanta shooting with uh, the Brooks guy and saying that wouldn't it be great if we could just replace the police officers with social workers? And, and Biden agreed with them. You know, he was saying that if we could just uh, have replaced the police uh, doing the call with social workers, then there wouldn't have been a shooting there. Anybody who watched the video knows that the police behaved very courteously by the book that was there. The guy was a, you know, a head taller than either the police officers and probably had at least 70 pounds on them. And he attacked them, and despite them being very courteous, and took the stun gun from one of them, fired once, was about to fire the other one when the officer shot him. I'm not sure what anybody could have done, but the police officer was fired, and uh, he faces uh, felony charges for murder and faces the death penalty. Uh, you know, the thing is, Biden thought it was a good idea of replacing the police officers with social workers there. 
what would a social worker have done in that situation? They're not trained to go and deal with somebody who's much stronger than them in terms well, of violence. The, 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 the elephant in the room is very simple. Biden is not all there. He does not have the mental alertness. Every day he gasps. So we're all pretending, not, not, not Fox and Sean, we're pretending that Biden is all there. He is not all there, period. Uh, Sean, all right, thank you, know you for the call. I, I, to, I can, all right, Demetri, go ahead. No, no, real, real, just real quick. I want to I appreciate that caller for saying that because at the end of the day, these social workers are not equipped to go in and deal with these violent behaviors of individuals. You have to have law enforcement to be able to counteract these, 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 these violent behaviors in these communities. There, since 2008, there have been nearly 400,000 shooting, shooting deaths in the United States. More than three-quarters of those incidents have been incidents where the victim didn't have a gun. They were, they were victimized by these criminals. So if you, gotta, if you start putting guns in people's hands, people can start defending themselves. And that's, that's what I'm going to be the big, biggest advocate for is promoting more, uh, more citizens owning guns and more officers being on the streets because we have to deal with this criminal element and get back to some level of rule of law in this country. Back to the phones. Uh, Colorado, we have an important Senate race. Cory Gardner uh, will be watching Colorado. It's another state that could potentially be in play for the president, I would hope. Aaron in Colorado, you are on with John, Leo, and Dimitri. Glad you called. Yeah, mine is about emergency services and the IRS. We pay taxes for those services. Can we go to an opt-out program? That way the people that don't want police to be funded... You know, and then the government can't, again, take the money away from those services and reallocate it. The IRS can tell you, tell the police who's not paying for emergency services. I want an opt-out. That way I can stay opted in to pay for police services. Wow, well said. Uh, Leo? Uh, you know what? I, I, it's a novel idea. We should explore that. As a lawyer, I'm listening to it. And I say, it's very good, uh, but hey. Let's see what happens in this upcoming election. What do you? What's your take, uh, Dimitric? Yeah, look, I'm 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 looking at this situation where um, I, I don't I don't know about anyone anyone opting out. Look, I, I I don't think anyone wants to opt out. But look, if they want to opt out, if these liberal mayors and 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 uh, and governors want to opt out of services, they need to opt out of it for themselves. But I tell you something. These states and these these uh, these cities that have allowed individuals to be victimized, I think that they have a real legal issue on their hand. Where where the the victim people that have been victimized in these communities should be filing lawsuits against the against the local and state governments because they failed to protect them. And every person has a right to the they have a fourteenth amendment right to equal protection under the law, and they are being victimized in their communities. And we got to find a way to get people to start fighting back using the court system. All right, yeah, back to our phones as we say hi to Rodney in Virginia. Rodney, you're on with John, Leo, and Dimitri. Glad you called. Thanks for taking my call. Yes, you know, I see a further slide into socialism with all this, turning to the government again to, to, find, to, to find answers for us. And I just want to, I want to emphasize that I'd like to see the Republican Party emphasize that we are a nation of businesses, and we can make businesses more relevant, more benevolent, and more prevalent in the community. Where in a high-profile way, where people will stop turning to the government. Here's an example. I teach in an inner-city school. I teach in an inner-city school, and we've got kids doing auto mechanics who don't know anything about the industry for auto mechanics. They see themselves as wanting to become rap star artists or criminals or basketball players. We're reaching out to, we're reaching out to Bubba Wallace of NASCAR to come 
and help officiate a NASCAR event with inner-city kids and suburban kids, a go-kart race where you have cash prizes and all, and get introduced to the NASCAR industry, which is a huge industry. I get introduced to, Amen. you know, I have kids, they don't even know what NASCAR is. Let me tell you, every kid, when I was a kid, all me and my friends, we love cars. We just, I mean, I mean, when I got my license, it was like the, it was Freedom Day. And then I got into fixing cars and, you know, I had a lot of friends and we just, you know, did our best. I learned how to do tune-ups and brakes and, you know, starters and alternators. Nothing big. I didn't do tranny or engine rebuilds, but I learned a lot and I'm glad I did. It's such a good idea. Um, and, you know, I think, I think every kid would love, loves cars, especially fast cars, cool cars. Um, I think we all love that. Anyway, let's get some response. Uh, let's see. John, you haven't talked in a while. What do you think? Uh, look, I, I am at a loss to understand why blacks vote for Democrats. I mean, you know, you look at the schools, the failing schools in the inner cities. Uh, who's being hurt by that? And I, yet I can Biden answer, I can wants to get rid of charter schools, and he wants to. I, I, uh, can I just finish? I, I understand. I'm sorry. You know, he wants to get rid of charter schools. He wants to go and end voucher programs like the scholarship program in D.C. But you know, on the gun issue too. Well, the other point I was going to make earlier is that the other group of people who benefit the most are the people who are most likely victims of violent crime, and that overwhelmingly tends to be poor blacks who live in high-crime urban areas. It would be great if the police could be there all the time, but the police can't be there. So the people who are most likely victims benefit the most, but yet Democrats keep pushing for rules that make it costly for people to have guns. In Washington, D.C., where you have background yeah. checks on the private transfers of guns. It costs $125 to do the background check. They may not stop Sean or myself or the other people on the phone here, Leo or Dimitri, but poor blacks who need them the most, $125 may be the difference between whether they can legally buy a gun to protect themselves and their families. It's so well John, said. John, I heard you, as, a, as a former John, I want Democrat, as a former drunken Democrat, I can tell you why. Because there's poverty pimps in the black community. There's the Al Sharptons. There's the Jesse Jacksons telling people, you need us. You need the government. And, and blacks have been conditioned. I broke away from that mindset this year and telling people we need to educate them that there's an alternative. But you're talking about 50 years of profiteering by the same people who are trying to help us. They're hurting us. These are the profiteers. It's been going on for 50 years. we got to change that mindset. Brian in Los Angeles. That's at the Leo Terrell's uh, home turf. Uh, Brian, say hi to John, Leo, and Dimitri. Glad you called, sir. Hey, fellas. How you doing? Thanks, uh, Sean, for taking my call. Hey, I, I just want to say there's an old-fashioned saying out there. You know, you have the freedom of choice, but you don't have a freedom of consequences. And I think people need to reflect on that a little bit more. Um, and then the other question I had for you, Sean, because I know mm -hmm. you're a lawyer. Um, no, actually, I'm not a lawyer. Well, why why would you insult me? You know, the two things you could say that will really insult me. Hey, Hannity, uh, call me congressman or lawyer. That'll insult me. Oh, well, sorry, God, Leo, no offense, you. but I mean. Not to insult anybody. I'm a good lawyer. Oh, I love lawyers. Listen, I hired the best. I, let's see. I got Charles Harder as my lawyer. I got Lynn Wood as my lawyer. I got Jay Sekulow as my lawyer. David Limbaugh as my lawyer. I got a lot of lawyers in my life. Well, that is a great question. Maybe you can pass it on to them. Can they sue uh, Black Lives Matter and Antifa for actually 
kind of causing this and looting and all the, you know, uh, the loss to fires. Uh, to You're talking about and the group, police. and there's a distinction. The group, the chance, you know, what do we want, dead cops, when do we want them now, and pigs in a blanket fry them like bacon. And then the people that were peaceful that said Black Lives Matter, they're not associated with the group, and I think a distinction needs to be made. Leo, your thoughts? That's a good question. Oh, I agree with you. First of all, to answer the question, you can, you, anybody can sue anybody. As far as prevailing on that case, no, because you're blaming black lives, these extreme black lives, for all the crime and going, all the crime going on in these Democratic cities, and there's a lot of people responsible. So suing them, yes. Winning, not a chance. But Sean is right. There were peaceful protesters, but there were a criminal element out there who were attaching themselves to the peaceful protesting. That is another reason why I left the Democratic Party, because they wouldn't call them out. Wait a minute. Let me, let me respond to that real quick, Sean. You bet, Dimitri. Uh, yes, yes, in theory, you can, because I sued them back in 2016. I'm not talking about suing individuals. I'm talking about suing the actual 501c3 organization that exists that has organized. If you have these house parties where individuals are, are coming out and people get hurt at your, horse, at your house party, that house party is your responsibility. You are liable for it. That's essentially what I'm saying about the organizers of Black Lives Matter. Actually, Black Lives Matter movement who has their own manifesto and their own website, that group can be liable for right, anything I have... that happened. And by the way, they made millions of dollars, by the way. All right, Demetric Penny, 21-year vet, Dallas Police Force, running for the 30th Congressional District in Dallas. Uh, John Lott, President, Crime Prevention Research Center, author of a new book, Gun Control Myths, uh, just released a month ago, at the Leo Terrell 2.0 on Twitter. Uh, Anyway, thank you all. Hope you have a great weekend. We appreciate you being with us. Uh, 800-941-SEAN. If you want to be a part of the program, as I mentioned, David Limbaugh, not only my attorney, but for 30 years, but a friend, uh, author in his own right, columnist. He had a great column about Biden out today. We'll get to that. Uh, Don't forget, live free or die now in bookstores everywhere. Today, 40% off on Amazon.com. Very happy about that because I'm a smelly Trump-supporting Walmart shopper, and I like Walmart because you save money and you get Every single thing you can imagine is there. All right, news roundup and information overload. And thank you. Amazing week. I've enjoyed all of these uh, incredible events we've had. We'll have more announcements of things we're doing next week on Monday on this program. Uh, amazing stuff. And it's a lot of fun and connecting with so many people uh, on on these virtual events. Some of them, you know, a million, two million people uh, viewing them. And we're, we're really excited about it. Um, as we now enter these 88 days, I, th- I think I'm going to do a lot more in terms of, you know what? It's very easy to connect with people easier than ever. And, you know, maybe we'll do like a, a weekly 2020 forum online. And some weeks, maybe we'll just take questions from all of you about the state of the race, what's going on in your city, your state. And maybe we'll do them. T- I don't, I'm going to try and do as many as I can because it's... I didn't realize how much fun it is, number one. And number two, um, just an opportunity to get out news information, election information that the mob and the media will never give you. For example, I mean, this is now blown up in Biden's face. Is You know, he has a whole history on this issue of race that we talk about. Imagine if Donald Trump supported the guy and praised the guy that literally was responsible for filibustering the 1964 Civil Rights Act. And then, of course, uh, was against the 65 Voting Rights Act. Uh, And then, of course, joined with Biden, joined with Robert, the former Klansman, KKK Byrd, 
as it relates to issues involving segregation and integration of schools. Biden said not wanting his kids in, in schools that will become a racial jungle. Those are his words. Imagine again, what if it was what if it was Donald Trump that said that? I mean, Biden literally supported the anti-busing amendment to the federal bill. He led the charge. NBC, I've quoted a lot uh, on an issue that kept black students away from the classrooms of white students. Um, and then more modern day stuff that he said. Let's listen to some of his, his, his hits, if you will. I think the two-party system, although my Democratic colleagues don't like me saying this, I think the two-party system is good for the South and good for the good for the black in the south but but senator aren't you a living example i am an anachronism i'm a 29 year old oddball the only reason i was able to raise the money is i was able to have a national constituency to run for office because i was 29 i'm like the token black or the token woman i was the token young person but no matter what your intent there are going to be those who say it's a it's a segregated thing it's a it's a question of, of race and that you have set back the movement of desegregation of schools. How would you answer that? The way I answer that is I predict that the young black leadership of America will overwhelmingly decide with me. I predict that in 1980 and 84, my position will be totally vindicated by the sociologist and by the civil rights advocate. You know, I come from that side of the track. That's where I'm from. I was a defense lawyer. I handled civil rights cases. I sat in on Route 40. I mean, I, you know, I'm not, I'm not from the other side of this. And I happen to think that the one way to ensure that you set the civil rights movement in America further back is to continue to push busing because it's a bankrupt policy. It doesn't matter whether or not they're the victims of society. The end result is they're about to knock my mother on the head with a lead pipe, shoot my sister, beat up my wife, take on my sons. So I don't want to ask what made them do this. They must be taken off the street. We should focus on them now, not out of a liberal instinct for love, brother, and humanity, although I think that's a good instinct, but for simple, pragmatic reasons. If we don't, they will, or a portion of them will, become the predators 15 years from now. And Madam President, we have predators on our streets. I think the concept of busing, which implicit in that concept is the question you just asked, or the, the statement within the question you just asked, that we are going to integrate people so that they all have the same access and they learn to grow up with one another and, and, and all the rest, is a rejection of the whole movement of black pride. Although I and my colleagues behind me revere the Senate, uh, Robert C. Byrd elevated the Senate. Well, if there was ever a senator who was the embodiment of his state, if there was ever a senator who, in fact, reflected his state, it was Robert C. Byrd. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. So fully, I'm not joking. What kind of a chance with a northeastern liberal like Joe Biden stand uh, in the South? 
better than anybody else. And you don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. You got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who was articulate and bright and, and, and clean and a nice looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a story. Unchain Wall Street. They're going to put you all back in chains. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, then you ain't black. All right, News Roundup and Information Overload Hour. Uh, we're joined now, nationally syndicated uh, columnist, friend of mine, attorney of mine for many, many years, um, and author, uh, best, New York Times bestselling author in his own right many times over, uh, David Limbaugh is with us. His new column is out. How long can the media cover for Biden's racial gaffes? Uh, before I ask that question, thank you, by the way, for hosting the event uh, with us uh, of the virtual town hall online. Uh, I can't believe how many people watched it. And we're very grateful. And you were great at it. And I know I talk a lot, but, you know, right now I've got a lot to say with 88 days to go. And uh, you're a dear friend. So how long can the media cover for Biden? Thank you. Great to be on. It was a lot of fun last night uh, for your great book. I hope we talk about that in a minute. But um, I don't think that this can go on forever. Um, they, he, they're not the public will not allow him to be in the basement uh, throughout the election. It's going to become so obvious. COVID can only be a cover for so long. Plus, he comes out and every time he comes out, he makes a gigantic mistake and he can't recover from these mistakes. The only thing is that the media can do its best to cover for him and make uh false excuses about what he's saying. But what he's saying is completely racist, and he has a long history of racist comments. <clears throat> Trump has no history of racist comments, and they twist things. Trump says Biden overtly says racist things about Indians, about blacks, about Hispanics, and the media doesn't care because they want to elect a leftist or a guy who can be manipulated by his puppet masters. And by the way, Sean, he will be manipulated by his puppet masters if he should be elected because he is mentally incompetent and getting worse every day. So whoever's running him and who's ever trying to hide him in the basement, it's a horrifying thing because they will be pulling the strings. The people who are condoning. But, and but he's identifying who they are. He's, he's yeah. already signed on to Bolshevik Bernie's economic plan, AOC's yeah. new green deal. He's pledging trillions for that madness. Uh, Beto Bozo. Hell yes, we're taking your guns as his guns are. And Pelosi and Schumer, we already know. We know who that's we know what the agenda is. He's stating it publicly. And that's the problem. It's the most radical platform of any any, quote, mainstream uh, party uh, for running for president ever in history. You, you know, that's so true. And you make that point in spades in your book. It's ironic that they almost uh, nominated Biden by acclamation. As you recall, he wasn't doing well in the primaries. Then he won, I guess it was South Carolina, North Carolina. And all of a sudden, all the people started endorsing him. It was as if they had a star chamber meeting and said, look, we can't afford to be associated this clearly with AOC and the squad and Bernie. We have to put the face of Biden out there because at least he's perceived to be more of a moderate. And now he's nominated by acclamation. And he turns out that he's even coming right out front and adopting leftism in our face anyway. So if they did have a strategy to go more centrist. He, uh, they have totally failed. And so I don't think people realize how America is still conservative. Ultimately, it's still law and order. And they're seeing these kinds of uh, this kind of anarchy and chaos out in the streets. 
and the Democrats enabling it. I, I think they, they have a lot to be fearful about, especially. And, and by the way, another thing that's great, this economy's coming back. Who predicted it would come back with a lot to lose by getting us uh, going out on a limb? Trump. Trump said it's going to come back when we reopen. And they have tried their best to keep it from reopening. And it's still the numbers are amazing. They're astoundingly good. By the way, the, the press is trying to deny how good these figures are. Are you excited about this comeback? I, 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 listen, I've, I've, got, I've went over those in, in great specificity and, and details earlier in the program. Remarkable. And yeah, they're, they're, they, we don't want to open schools. It's so funny because, you know, Cuomo, they're bleeding literally residents in New York state and city. They're getting the hell out. I'll, I'll cook you dinner. I'll buy you a drink. <laughs> yeah. and, and then Cuomo comes out. And the reason is people are leaving because they have pushed people out. I mean, there was a story out today. Moving experts say they've not been able to keep pace with the demand of people not just leaving, leaving forever. And a day after begging New York taxpayers, come home. Well, if, if he did buy you the drink and cooked you dinner, you're going to be paying hundreds of thousands of dollars extra in taxes uh, for the pleasure of living in that Schiff hole. We say that in honor of Adam Schiff. Yeah, you know, and that's true. And, and what gets me about these numbers, 10% unemployment in relative terms, has anybody made this point? This is like beyond full employment. When you consider the people, I mean, as a, as a relative matter, when you consider that so many people have taken themselves out of the public eye, they're afraid to go, and rightfully so in some cases, uh, the older people, afraid to go out and intermix, and yet we've still got 10%. I guarantee it, 12% of the people have voluntarily uh, limited their economic activities and yet, and, and their their own employment, and yet we've got only ten percent. I just think it's beyond belief how good that is, considering what's happened and and how and we're just on the upswing. We've just started that uh, getting yeah, this economy going. Uh, listen, and I only think it's going to get better from here. So you know, Biden is doing like baby step campaigning, and this week's yep. been a disaster. The the yep. comments that he made about. Well, number one, he's doubled down on amnesty. He's doubled down on illegal immigrants getting free health care. He's doubled down on Bolshevik Bernie and AOC's, you know, Bolshevik Bernie's economics and AOC's new Green Deal madness. He's doubled down on eliminating, you know, the lifeblood of our economy. He's doubled down on raising taxes. And then you got this other thing, which is, okay, the ever so frail and weak looking Joe, and he does look frail and weak. I mean, this is nothing like a traditional campaign and the rigors of which we I think we would have we by now would have seen that he's just not up to the job. Uh, But even poking his head out of his basement bunker for a couple hours here and there is not working out well at all for him. No, it's it's this COVID in a way is a double edged sword. That is it, it, it's terribly hurt the economy, uh, and, and that hurts Trump. If we're just looking at political terms, it is what it is. But on the other uh, on the, and, 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 and it also, it keeps Biden shielded. It gives him an excuse to stay in the basement. But what I find is, is amazing is, well, well wait, let me think the, make the other point. The double-edged sword part is that it has created an atmosphere of despair and depression, and it was kind of provided, kind of acted as kindling for these riots. And these riots are going to redound to the detriment of the Democratic Party. So so on balance, they're in trouble. I don't care what anybody says. And let me make another point. What is I'll the tell you what, can you make the other point on the other side of the break? We'll continue. David yeah. Limbaugh, author, columnist with us, 800-941-SEAN, our toll-free telephone number. We'll get to your call's final half hour on this Friday, 88 days till Election Day. Uh, live free, die now in bookstores, finally, as of Tuesday, everywhere. 
And if you haven't picked up a copy, we have them online at Hannity.com and Amazon.com all weekend. Amazon discounting it at 34%, which I like a lot. Saving money is a good thing in my view. And as we continue, David Limbaugh, author, columnist uh, with us on the 2020 election. Uh, again, thanks for the virtual town hall that you were gracious enough to host for uh, for for our listeners and, and viewers. It was a lot of fun. Let's talk about where do you think this ends up? Because you know what? The polls have tightened all the swing states. We saw that with Zogby earlier in the week. Where do you see this race going? I, uh, of course, I'm scared to death that and I'm always nervous uh, when it comes to these elections, and uh, the stakes couldn't be higher. In fact, we either preserve America as founded or we don't, and we can see that with uh, how radical the left has become and wanting to do such insane things as defund the police. Uh, but it's because of that, ultimately, and because the Republican Party, Republicans, conservatives, overwhelmingly support Donald Trump, because he has an incredible record uh, in every objective respect, including handling the virus, uh, that you document in detail in your book, uh, that he had an incredible record before uh, the virus hit. He handled the virus well, despite the fraudulent misrepresentations that the media has made about his coverage of it, about his well, handling I gotta, of it. Listen, I, I think that you've nailed it. It's all on the ballot. Everything we believe, liberty, freedom, capitalism, versus the predictable failure of all things radical socialist. David Limbaugh, thanks so much. You're a dear friend, great columnist, great author, great writer, and uh, thanks so much for being with us. Thanks, all right, 800-941-SEAN, toll-free telephone number. Live free or die week as we continue. Uh, just go to Hannity.com, Amazon.com. Finally, it's going to be in a bookstore. If you're out and about, you have bookstores open where you happen to be. Uh, it'd be great if uh, you can pick a copy up and share it with your liberal friends. We'll continue. All right, 25 now till the top of the hour on this uh, Friday. What a great week it's been. Uh, thanks for the amazing uh, uh, launch of Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink. And I believe all of that is true. The biggest choice election, tipping point election we'll ever have. By the way, not a good couple of weeks for Biden. And by the way, Amazon just discounted the book 40% off. Uh, if you're out and about uh, now and uh, maybe you get home, you can get uh, a nice discount. I love that. Uh, also, uh, it's now finally in bookstores. If you're also out and about this weekend, we have announcements on Monday we'll bring you. Let me start with Biden. I mean, the positions he's taken. What have I been saying? We've never had a more extreme, what you know, a so-called mainstream that's not major political party that is this radical. And this is the week Biden talked about, uh, oh, undocumented immigrants should have subsidized health care. And I'll abolish the filibuster if, if Republicans don't compromise after he said he wouldn't do that. And unlike African Amer the African-American community, the Latino community is diverse stupidity. You know, you ain't black if you're considering voting for Trump. All things that he said. And then, we, of course, our, our Joe Biden montage on issues involving race, which are all beyond disturbing. Yeah, Gene Robinson, I'm curious what your take is on, on Joe Biden's comments. And yes, I think they may have been unartful, but, but it's the first time that the Democrats, uh, that I've heard a, a national Democratic leader 
uh, actually say what he's been saying. Aaron, let me start with you. Is it a very insulting? Did Joe Biden disparage and insult the black community? It, it, he's trying to make the point, and maybe he didn't make it as articulately as he would have liked, uh, that I believe the point he's trying to make is that most African Americans overwhelmingly support Democrats. And if you travel the country and you go to Florida, for example, you have the Cuban American population, or you might have a, a Puerto Rican uh, population that has moved to Florida that has a different view than, say, a Latino in Nevada or Arizona. Uh, is it disparaging and insulting what the former vice president said? I, I think that 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 is right, John. That that that, that was maybe an in, artful, uh, you know, contrast that the vice president was trying to make, and then obviously you saw President Donald Trump seizing on that. Uh, you know, that kind of uh, an artful remark did present kind of an opening. Uh, for, for, for President Trump. In Delaware, the largest growth in population is Indian Americans moving from India. You cannot go to a 7-Eleven or a Dunkin' Donuts unless you have a slight Indian accent. So fully, I'm not joking. What kind of a chance with a northeastern liberal like Joe Biden stand uh, in the South? Better than anybody else. You don't know my state. My state was a slave state. My state is a border state. My state is the eighth largest black population in the country. You got the first sort of mainstream African American yeah. who is articulate and bright and, and, and clean and nice looking guy. I mean, it's, that's a storybook. Unchain Wall Street. You're going to put you all back in chains. Yes, and by the way, what you all know, but most people don't know. Unlike the African-American community, with notable exceptions, the Latino community is an incredibly diverse community with incredibly different attitudes about different things. You go to Florida, you find a very different attitude about immigration in certain places than you do when you're in Arizona. So it's a very different, a very diverse community. Uh, should undocumented immigrants also be able to get subsidized health care? If they are working in the United States of America and they are paying taxes, they should have access to health care. They should have, have access to what everybody else has access to. Uh, should undocumented immigrants also be able to get subsidized health care? If they are working in the United States of America and they are paying taxes, they should have access to health care. They should have, have access to what everybody else has access to. The way Trump, the way China will respond is when we gather the rest of the world that, in fact, invades in, in, free, in, in, in open trade and making sure that we're in a position that the world, uh, that, that we deal with WHO. It's a long way until November. We got more questions. You got more okay. questions. But I tell you, if you have a problem figuring out whether you're for me or Trump, and you ain't black. I mean, I think it all speaks for itself. He's speaking in his own words. All right, on this Friday, let's get to our busy phones. Uh, let us say hi to Lisa Marie is in New Jersey. What's up, Lisa Marie? How are you? Glad you called. Hey, Sean Hannity. I'm a... Hey, Lisa Marie. Retired. What's happening? Hi. Everything's okay. Um, I'm a recently retired school teacher, and I'm calling about any teacher union or politician that that isn't fighting to return to the classroom because teachers are essential workers. And uh, may I share something, Sean? Yeah, go ahead. Okay. So um, not too long ago, I'm walking up and down the aisles as the students are doing their work. And a third grade boy, super quiet, really sweet little boy, taps my arm. He, he lifts up the bottom of the leg of his um, sweatpants. 
and he shows me a red welt across his calf. He didn't say a word. He just went back to his work, and it was heartbreaking, Sean. So I called DIFUS that day, and they That's came. like Department of Children's Services, correct? Yes, that's correct. Um, they came. Uh, they took him and his little brother out of that house, and they don't give you, you know, like uh, updates on, on the case. So I didn't know what was going on. About two weeks later... And I'm sure, by the way, you're agonizing. Did I make the right choice? Did I do the right thing? Or did I make a mistake? You know, I I can imagine that's, but if you see a wealth and I I mean, and I don't even think you, tell me if I'm wrong. I bet you don't even have the flexibility to ask the child, do you? Uh, no, well, I didn't even go to my administrator. I, I went right to the phone myself because I did not want to get caught up in anybody else's decision-making process, if you know what I mean. Mm-hmm. Um, so anyway, so, uh, a couple weeks later he walks in, I'm, I'm, uh, I was the music teacher. So he walked into the music room, big old smile on his face, Sean, gives me a quick hug, doesn't say a word again and goes over to his seat. And I came to find out that they were placed with a, um, a grandparent. And what a difference. So my question is, and my heart is breaking, because what's been happening and what will happen to children like this if we don't reopen these schools, Sean? Uh, I don't know the answer. Mm-hmm. I don't know. And all I know is anecdotally, I'm, again, I'm not the scientist and I'm not the doctor here. And, you know, Corona is, you know, you're talking about an, a real invisible enemy and it's very difficult. And all the experts got it wrong and all the models were wrong. I look at all these 22 countries that we've discussed and they're opening schools and they're doing it safely. Mm-hmm. Um, and so I'm not telling people what to do, but you're talking about real challenges because real parents that don't have money for babysitters or nannies or whatever, you know, all pair or whatever it happens to be. I mean, by the way, mm-hmm. the all parent program is, is in existence because it's really, really sort of like a, a win win where kids get to experience the United States, uh, not kids, but you know what I mean? To me, yeah. if you're 20 years old, you're a kid, um, and it doesn't cost a whole lot of money, so it makes it a lot more affordable for people, and I know it's an option that, that many parents use, but it still costs, you know, it's on some level, money, and yeah. some people just can't afford it because they're underwater anyway, and That's not having true. the schools it creates complications for parents that, you know, we can't even you know, begin to, to fathom. And then what usually ends up happening is parent can't quit working. So the parent's going to go to work and then the kid's going to be, you know, at home. And I know whenever I was home alone with my incorrigible friends, me being incorrigible with them, you know, we, we always got in trouble. Now we played sports that kept us out of a lot of trouble, but our parents had no idea. I mean, it's a very different world. You don't get off the school bus like I did when I was young and I'm gone and I'll see you, you know, when it turns dark. They didn't know. My parents didn't know where I was. They had no idea. They didn't even ask where I was. You know, if if I got in trouble and they found about found out about it later, I I got, you know, what was coming to me. Um, but this is a real problem. In this day and age, parents just can't do or raise their kids the same way. Now, my parents did it the way every parent did it back then. Very different time. Now, when I got in trouble, I got whacked with the belt, and most of my friends did too. It was it was common. 
And I, frankly, I deserved it and more every time. I, it didn't damage me. I'm not that frail. Um, now, I myself, I, I never hit my kids. I just took their stuff. You know, from a very young age, my kids love electronics. They get in trouble, I take their electronics. It's that simple. It's not that complicated for me. So, you know, I don't know the answer, but, you know, it's sad that you, you have to make the report. You don't have any options, and then you can't get any follow-up, and you care about your the kids in your school. It's hard. By the way, good teachers like yourself, guess what? You're you're a diamond in the rough. You're a you're a rarity. You're a you're a, a precious gem in a sense that, you know, one good teacher can literally change kids' lives. And I just hate this unholy alliance with teachers unions and the Democratic Party. I don't I don't think you can fix the public schools in these big cities. You know, that's why I, I was talking to Hugh Hewitt in one of our, my events this week, and I said what I would propose is bypassing the teachers union and come up with an amazing K through 12 education, reading, writing, math, stick to the basics. And if kids are not in schools that are educating them at the level they need, then if you have a loving parent or a loving grandparent or aunt or uncle or neighbor or somebody that'll grab a hold of these kids and spend the necessary time from kindergarten through 12th grade uh, and they follow this curri- curriculum that they're going to they're going to ace their ACT and their SATs when it's time for college. But you got to start young. You know, when you have kids that can't read you know, no, on a proficient level or do math on the same level, and we're spending more money than any other country in the industrialized world, something's radically wrong. And these big cities have failed uh, our children at a spectacular level. Well, they're our national treasure and they're our future. So it's, uh, it's, it's daunting what you're bringing up here. But on the other hand, I just got to say, Lisa Marie, thank you for all you do every day. Well, thank you, Sean. And, you know, the things that you're talking about are real, and there's threats all over. If you think about, like, the active shooter drills that we have when the students are uh, huddled in a corner of the room, right? I have the door locked, the shades pulled, keeping them calm. And and I would tell them afterwards that if there was ever any real danger, I would put myself between you and the danger. And sometimes saying that would be the only thing that would cause some of these children to be less anxious and so we could get, you know, get on with the school day. And my point is there are teachers and coaches that have actually had to do that and have put themselves in harm's way and even lost their lives. We have mass shootings in this country, but we didn't shut the schools down for the mass shootings. I mean, I'm not saying that this isn't a threat too, because this virus is a threat, but I disagree 100% that the best answer is to close the schools, Sean. You make a compelling case. And, uh, you know, you know, we got to learn what what countries do right and what we did wrong. What Cuomo did and what de Blasio did was wrong. Uh, Ron DeSantis and, and Governor Abbott, not perfect because the virus is a real vicious enemy, but they protected their elderly populations. Thank God. And the president's travel ban. Thank God for that. And subsequent travel bans. And then, of course, uh, and, of course, being attacked for it. And then the first quarantine in 50, 60 years. Uh, anyway, thank you, Lisa Marie. Joe and Ella J. I've known Joe, Joe for almost 30 years now. Joe and Ella J., how are you, sir? Sean, I am doing great. And I love I'm so fired up about your book. My goal is to make it the number one nonfiction best-selling book in history. I'm telling everybody to buy the oh, book. Oh, boy. The way to, All right. Easy with the, the pressure. Easy. Easy. Like, well, you got, it's, it's the best, John. It is great. And 
I'm telling everybody in LJ, and I've got 4,000 Facebook friends. I'm telling them to all buy. I've been on two or three talk shows. I'm telling everybody I know to buy the great John Hannity book. It will well, you're very kind. Listen, it's a 40% discount. That's all I'll say on Amazon.com. And it's now in bookstores this weekend for the first time. And we have a lot of fun events we're going to announce next week. And hopefully, uh, Joe and LJ, you'll join us, okay? Sean, you're great. Keep up the great work. All right, that's going to wrap things up for this week. Again, thank you for launching uh, Live Free or Die, America and the World on the Brink, uh, debuting it, uh, thanks to you, number one on most of the week, uh, and pretty amazing. And uh, by the way, uh, 40% off now on Amazon.com. It will be in bookstores if you're out and about this weekend all around the country, Barnes & Noble, Books A Million, Costco, whatever, all those bookstores uh, will have them available. Uh, but 40% off now if you go to Amazon.com. Uh, also, I'll be on the Great One Mark Levin show on Saturday night on Fox News, Maria Bartiromo show on Sunday. Uh, we have big announcements on Monday uh, about fun, cool events I hope you can want to be a part of. Uh, but have a great weekend. When we get back on Monday, only 85 days till Election Day. We got a lot to cover. Have a great weekend. Thank you for everything, as always. Uh, we can't do this without you. We'll see you Monday and uh, have a great time with your family this weekend.